0: Greetings and welcome to Roman numeral X of the Dudes Being Dudes podcast presented by Knocking Point Wines. Also on our 10th anniversary and our friends at Studio 71, Drew and I are talking today about, amongst other things, Elon Musk and Twitter. Pick Cherries. We talk about Austin and infrastructure and there are master stories. I I shared three. And I probably could have gone on forever because it's such an incredibly, incredibly special, special place. And then we take four. Well, there's three questions. And then there's also a very nice pitch about a very nice non-for-profit organization to do with cancer based out of Memphis, Tennessee, that uh, we are going to tell people all about. Um, This was a really fun episode. Uh, I'm recording from Austin, Texas. Drew is in. Los Angeles, and uh, for a variety of reasons, we actually recorded on a Saturday afternoon, although I believe that you'll be hearing this on your feed Sunday evening or Monday morning. If you are enjoying the podcast and the numbers would suggest and the trends would suggest that you guys are, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pick Cherries, wherever you get your podcasts. If you are enjoying it enough to recommend it to a friend, why not recommend it to ten? friends so that you know we can start to pay some of the bills now that's not what we do this drew and i used to talk on the phone all the time and then life gets busy and you have kids and you have baseball and you have acting and you have horse vaulting and riding and workouts and filming and you know growing a company all of those good things so now when we talk on the phone secretly because we hate each other i'm kidding We do it in podcast form. We appreciate you guys listening. So without further ado, here's episode 10 of Dudes Being Dudes, the podcast.
1: Okay, how's it going, man? Good, good, good. Where are you? Texas, right? I'm in Austin, Texas You right kidding. now. Yeah. No,
0: I'm not. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. You and I have talked when I've been here before. Cass and I bought a little piece of property here, but it just so happens, and it was available for very strange, strange protected trees so you can't build a big house reasons, but I tell you, I grew up going to Muskoka, which is just north of Toronto, and there is something about waking up and hearing the water lap against the shore that just puts me at peace. I don't know if it's an associated memory from my childhood or if that's just the default human position for the majority of us, but man, I love it. I woke up last night because I'm almost 41 years old at 2.30 to pee. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it was two two thirty two forty five, And there was legitimately a part of me that was like, should I just stay up? Because I love the mornings here so much.
1: Yeah, man, that's like me and the beach, but it's also like lakes and rivers oh, of course. There too, you go. right? You know, it's... Yeah. it's it's peaceful. I was, I was with a couple of people on what day was that, that I went to the Dodgers home opener. Was that Wednesday? Would that have been Wednesday? It would have been right when they played the Reds, I guess it was Wednesday night. Um, sure. uh, it doesn't matter. It was Wednesday night or Thursday night, but anyway, a couple of guys were from Austin um, and they had mm. flown out. Right. And um, it was interesting hearing them talk about the place. Right. I had, I had no idea. A couple of things. One, you've got water moccasins and coral snakes there. Like yeah. in the water? Yes. You knew this? We haven't talked about yeah. this. Those are no joke. <laughs> Those are no joke creditors.
0: So, <laughs> so, so the thing that, that I never really understood is that growing up, going to Muskoka, going to Georgian Bay, you when you docked your boat, you docked it in the water. You put it next to the dock. You put your bumpers down. And, and that was that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No one does that in Austin. Other than the one restaurant that is on Lake Austin, the only one that is left, Ski Shores, which you and I went to with Jared yep. kind of lucky way back in the day. You would dock your boat there, but everywhere else, you put your boat on a, on a hydraulic lift and you take it out immediately because of all the critters and creatures that are in the water. It'll just, it'll erode your boat immediately. They'll attack. They attack.
1: Or they'll, they'll just come on board and you won't know. And then you've, you've got a coral snake riding Chacha next to you.
0: Texas is no joke, man. The critters here—they are—they're no joke. But Austin, Austin's great. When the first time that I came down here and visited, I—I I believe it was two thousand and fourteen, and Cass and I and and a very young Maverick were coming down, and we stayed with 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 Jared and Jen and his family for a couple of days. And I remember it was during the World Cup. But I was concerned about Austin then because any time that you drove anywhere, uh, it was as though the city had outgrown its infrastructure too quickly. And it was, it, was, it was like Manhattan traffic anywhere you went. And I don't know what they did, but this city has basically, I don't mean to rip on Toronto, but the thing that I think with Toronto all the time is that it doesn't have a city, like it doesn't have an overarching group of people that are in charge of the general state of the city. Whereas with Austin, they have a hammer lock on this motherfucker. Um, you know, we haven't done anything with this property since we purchased it in December of 2019. We've known what we've wanted to do with it since then, but we are still in the permitting process for the very, very basic, basic, basic things that we want to do.
1: So is that because you're on the lake, or is that just Austin in general across the board? Because I feel like the development there and people moving there. I mean, I mean, just from the past two years, I can name on both hands, people that have left LA and moved right. to Austin, not counting yeah. you buying a place there as a vacation home.
0: To answer your question,
1: it's both, but it's specifically the latter. Being
0: yeah. directly on the lake, yeah. there was a period of time where it was just open season out here. And there are some, there are some properties on the lake and I'm talking like at the bottom of Lake Austin where it's incredibly congested as opposed to the top of Lake Austin. Sure. Where I think I think that's where you find McConaughey and a couple of people like that. But those properties are really spread out. These properties are you're right on top of each other. Like I'm we're on a skinny lot. And we've got neighbors to our left. We've got neighbors to our right. The neighbors to our left are nice. The guy to our right's a fucking asshole. See the here <laughs> or there? We might edit that part. We might edit that part out. You don't need uh, to. You don't. By the way, he does. He doesn't know which direction. He deserves he it. Direction I'm pointing. Yeah, he does. Dickhead. Yeah. Um But there are some properties and some builds here that. I mean, they say everything's bigger in Texas, but it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I think that they, as a collective, got together. And so they're, they're really tightening the screws because we're in a boathouse right now that was built in 1964. And I could take a. I've, you've seen a photo of it from the water. I'm here to tell you, it's falling into the water. The top, the northwest corner of it, if you call that the highest point of the structure, the southwest part of it and it's a 750 square foot boathouse is 12 inches lower and, and your dad And they would loaded. rather
1: you, and they would rather have you leave it as is and wait out the the process for permitting and plans and engineering and all this stuff just let's go ahead and leave it in a in a in an unsafe status <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally unsafe, and by the and and we just took those measurements recently, so we don't know if that's actually increasing over time. It, now, granted, it's been here since 1964, so I, I think we have a little bit of time. But we've applied for the emergency, you know, guys. It's falling into the water thing, and I nope, nope, that's nope, nope. The three the years. Interesting thing. That's three years. Is that
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> because this because this boathouse has it's The actual boathouse is it starts on land, but it's over water and it has water and power in it. There are only three of those on Lake Austin. It's grandfathered in. You're not allowed to do it anymore for environmental reasons, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, one of the reasons that we're trying to to fix it up is to make it more environmentally friendly. But we're not actually changing anything because if we changed even a square foot on this property, it's no longer grandfathered in. So – what we actually could have done, and it would have been amazing if they had allowed us to, is just demo the entire thing and build the exact same thing again. But it's a no-go.
1: It Bummer. It's a no-go. Yeah. You know, it, 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 so the, the the whole concept of, you know, of uh, building and in inspectors and regulation and stuff, I think we can go on for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the interesting things here in Los Angeles is that we've got – Got this guy Rick Caruso running for mayor. I'm not sure how much you've 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 heard about him, but very little. He, he's the guy who built the Grove. He's the guy oh. who built the Americana uh, in uh, Glendale. He's the guy who built the beautiful Rosewood Miramar Hotel up in Santa Barbara. He's a builder, right? And uh-huh. I was hearing him talk the other day about housing costs and about homelessness and everything else. And you know, one of his lead comments was. There's too much regulation when it comes to building that you know developers are handcuffed, you know, hmm. and it's not something that you talk about often and think about, right? It doesn't seem to be like the parent problem out out of, hmm. out of the list of possible problems, but hearing him talk about it, it was it was super interesting, right? How how hmm. most things kind of tie back to that, right? And so hmm. you know, once you you know potentially lift some of the rules and regs around building and developing. Um, then it makes for more affordable housing. And then, you know, therefore you can positively impact homelessness. You can posit, Right. So like the, the uh, list goes on. It was was interesting hearing him put his take on it because both of us have been through it here in Los Angeles. You've been through it. I've been through it. I've got, I've had friends who live up in the, what do they call it? The Mulholland corridor, right? It's like, it's like, it's a certain distance on each side of Mulholland. So okay. you have your, your own separate commission on top of Los Angeles. You've got your own secondary <laughs> commission to file paperwork with. I'm actually surprised you didn't have to do this, but yeah. uh, they, they had plans in for so long that they just said, fuck it. And they didn't even, they didn't even remodel. And now they're moving to Miami. This is no, this is no joke. Oh, like as of like two weeks ago, wow. like well, let's go to Florida. Yeah. So, you know, um, well, last
0: thing on last thing on austin is cass and i have had that conversation because buying an austin in december of 2019 and austin has exploded one of the reasons why is we'll talk about it in a second and it's like listen we're trying our best on this one but you know i'm not going to chase i'm not going to chase after bad forever If they're not gonna let us do the the very, very basics, which is what we are trying to do. We're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes because if you do, they will shut you down. One of the houses that we went and looked at, there was a bridge halfway built. Why? Because it wasn't permitted and they were building it at two o'clock in the morning. The neighbors the neighbors told on them and they shut them down. But this this piece of property is appreciated so much. And one of the reasons is because Of all of the influx of industry here, Tesla, to to name one of them, what do you think about Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter?
1: I think that either he is genuine and he wants to, or I I think and I'm not well, or he is doing what he does best and you know driving up the stock price and then he's going to dump his entire uh, you know allocation either one I don't think that's it but that's what he's done effectively right by by but putting in a bid to buy Nobody has, at but a, at have, a premium but does he he's have he's driving the, the price right. up right
0: no i, I understand that and people are buying it, and people no. are buying
1: right so when people buy the stock price goes up right and then if he's holding it at 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 the prior price it's mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a it's a favorable position to be in I'm not saying that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, right.
0: right. I understand that. But you're saying that, but is there any indication, like, has he ever done that prior to this? I don't think oh, so. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. With, really?
1: With, with, but not with a company. Not with a, right. No, he said he right, was taking Tesla right. private. Remember that? He goes, I'm, I'm taking Tesla private. I already have the funding. Everybody bought Tesla stock. <laughs> SEC <laughs> said, you can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> he's done it with publicly traded stocks. He's done it with, he's done it with cryptocurrencies. He's done it multiple times. <laughs> so he's either playing a game, which he does best, mm. or he means it. And if he means it, he's gonna do some interesting stuff with it. I think that he's gotta well, get everybody to agree to, you know, sell clearly. But uh sure. it would be pretty interesting if he uh you know held the reins for that company, that's for sure.
0: Well, let's go with the he means it yeah option for a second mm-hmm. because correct me if I'm wrong, but Twitter for the majority of its existence has been a, was it was a private company it's only recently become publicly traded or at least it hasn't been for the totality it wasn't it wasn't a publicly traded company when it started it was private and i was just thinking i went on i logged on to my twitter account and i've been listening to a lot of people talk about twitter and how it's important and how you know in the analog world the new york times would set the agenda but now in the post analog world twitter sets the agenda and i was just thinking to myself has anything about my user experience with Twitter since I used started this account, which I don't even believe was my first account. I think I had an account going as far back as maybe 2006, 2007. But since August of 2011 when I joined, has anything about my user experience fundamentally changed
1: at all? I mean, I think that they've treated news differently, right? I think that, that, mm-hmm. that you know, it, is, it has really become – the medium for you know breaking news obviously right Right. whereas facebook has become what what has facebook become it's a handful of different things right um you know i mean to describe instagram is pretty easy to describe tiktok's also you know fairly easy although they're going to be doing more here soon with commerce Uh, but with twitter i feel like that's that's where journalists and um, Any pundit, you know, even like, you know, Brian Tyler Cohen, he, he's built a massive following on Twitter as as well, right? Yep. I think that that's where you go if you're breaking mm-hmm. news. I do think that they've treated publishers a bit differently and probably favorably in Twitter. Um, I I think, and I could be wrong, but I think it's the only place where you actually get everyone's message right like with facebook and and instagram don't they don't they pare down what you see based on your algorithm they do yeah i mean facebook obviously but i think instagram also as well and i could be wrong but i believe i heard recently that twitter's the only one that's a true fire hose. that if it goes out and you follow you know then it's seen um so you know i don't i don't know that, that 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 what you see has changed a ton um but then they have layered in the paid stuff like Twitter Blue and you know their, mm-hmm. or, you know whatever it's called. I think it's called Twitter Blue and um, you with know, and, with and- with
0: little to no success whatsoever. It's still not a successful business model. And yeah. I've heard a lot of people who I trust say that it's the most important technological medium. I like guess the most important form of communication that we have in the modern world. And yet they can't they can't turn a turn a profit. Not that that should necessarily be their objective. But their business model has sucked and has continued to suck, and I think it's one of the things that Musk is saying. It's like, listen, I'm offering you a premium. By the way, you saw the the price that he offered, fifty four twenty. Yep. You think that four
1: twenty is an accident? <laughs> Not even slightly. And again, that's why I say, like, no. you can't take everything this guy says. <laughs> like, he, it's very easy for him to play a game and buy ten percent of the company with billions of dollars. Yep and then yeah. say he's buying it at a premium above that price and then have the board, you know, uh, you know, you know, possibly say yes or no. They offered him a board seat. It didn't work out. It sounds like he passed because they didn't want him to go past 15%. He goes, fine. I'll just buy the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, is he, <laughs> is he sincere? Does he actually want to buy it? Which he could and should. And um, you know, I think that there are some simple things that he wants to do to it. Like I was, I was listening to somebody talk about just, just you know, something as simple as editing a tweet, right? Like they don't have that feature right now, right? So yeah. it, like, you know, if if uh, you tweeted right now and, and you made a mistake, there's no way to edit it. You have to delete it and start over. But one of the things that they yeah. said that was really interesting is that if, if Twitter is the true medium, uh, you know, through which breaking news happens and, you know, furthermore, opinions are shared, it becomes very easy to edit the original take to edit history. No, I didn't say that. Bullshit. That's not what I said. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know that's that's a big reason why they haven't done it is because they are looked at as the you know the 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 social and digital platform through which actual news um, is is you know broken without being filtered and algorithmically suppressed or whatever you want to call it. Just like everything else, you know, yeah. you know, back, you know, back eight years ago or nine years ago when we were just getting started with knocking point and just purely mm-hmm. using your Facebook page, I think it's because every damn person that followed you saw it. Everyone.
0: Uh, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. You and I, have been this from, yeah. you and I have been through this from a business perspective where we built our business. And now obviously we've, we've, we've pivoted. And if people want to find us, they will. But we built our business around the idea that Facebook was a meritocracy, that if you put out out content and people were interested in it and people wanted to find you, they would see it. Facebook brought me to their campus in June of 2014 to study the level of engagement that I was getting on my page and ask me a bunch of the stuff that I was doing. And I sat in a variety of meetings. They took notes. It was really kind of surreal. I I flew up in the morning. I flew back in the afternoon and shortly thereafter, all of a sudden content that I was putting out, despite the fact that I had eightfold the, the likes, the follows on the page was getting a fraction of the reaction. And for a while there, it threw us for a loop with Nockey point because a lot of our business models were predicated on, okay, well, Steven has. X number of if for every 100,000 followers that Steven has on his page, we can expect X. Yeah. And we keep building and building and building that way. And then they pulled the rug out from underneath you. And I thought, and I still think that it was a pretty gnarly thing to do, quite frankly.
1: I agree. I mean, I understand why they've done it. Right. You know, you go back to, you know, what is, what is Twitter's real business model? Um, there you, go. you know, and, but, it, but then you ask what is Facebook's real, real, real business model? And it's, it's, uh, you know, advertising and data, right? Like, like, where that's, that's where all the, the value lies with them, you know, clearly. And so, um, you know, if you get publishers that, or even someone like yourself, which by the way, it, as soon as you put your credit card into your Facebook page and you start boosting your own posts, you, you will reach more of your audience it just costs money now
0: <laughs> yeah that <laughs> makes sense yeah it uh, makes sense. so two quick things here one the next time they do a pod i will have spent about a week in as you were mentioning the marketplace of TikTok, which mm-hmm. is a place that i entered maybe two days ago at the urging of some people and by marketplace i mean just because i have a verified account and i'm i am quote unquote a creator i can enter the creator Marketplace. And I got to tell you, it's it's very, very interesting. I have some thoughts forming, but it'll be interesting to talk about. One more quick technology note is that you can now find the Dudes Being Dudes podcast on a new company that our friend Adam pointed me towards called Picked Cherries. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking with you about this and I, yeah. I chatted with the guy, Stu, that started the company. And the idea is that if people are listening to our podcast, <clears throat> and let's say that it's an hour long, Forty-five minutes long doesn't matter, and we have an interesting exchange, or you make a salient point, or I make a fool of myself, and people want to send it to the other person. What you would typically have to do is you would have to send over the entire podcast and then tell people where to go and scroll to to find yep. it. Whereas with picked cherries, uh, and we're now on their we're now on their app, uh, and we'll attach that to the notes on this page. You can go, and if you like that. You Can save that particular 60 second clip, I believe it's up to, and you could forward that particular clip to other people. I think it's an interesting concept, and it's a lot like Adam's Company 15 Seconds of Fame. But, um, uh, hey, you can check us out on Pick Cherries, which I think is uh, it's a nice way to parse the favorite here moments am, of the podcast. Here I am,
1: right here. I was just, I was just looking for is. us, but um, I'll check it out. It makes a ton of sense, well, right? Yeah, it does. It's sort of like back if in it's... the day when when like YouTube you know, let you select a point in the timeline to go share it, right? So you'd have to watch the whole thing and say, okay, tune in at 17 minutes in and watch this part, right? same concept of the no. podcast. I mean, look, I feel like there's 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 so much space out there or so much opportunity for podcast discovery and curation, right? It's still the Wild West. It's still just, you know, I don't want to use the term fire hose again, but because it's, it's more like an ocean of just, you know, you've got the Joe Rogans out there with their deals, you know, and then you've kind of got everybody... Everybody else, and you know, I think that you know there are some uh, companies like you know HubSpot actually does a really good job with their their original podcast, right? And so mm-hmm. um, you know, so you kind of have like the the, the, you know, corporate sponsored podcast, which actually isn't too far from what we're doing. Let's be honest with DocuPoint, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's sort of spawned out of that. And then you've got the Rogans of the world and then you have this ocean of people creating interesting content. Um, And the only way to be discovered, you know, that I'm aware of um, is to just get really good at social and to build your own, you know, following. Um, So, you know, stuff like this for, for, Uh, Curation and for and for social sharing and for discovery, I think it's huge. It's huge. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, We'll get to knocking point in a second. Uh, We are seeing some nice growth in this podcast too. We purposefully have been—I wouldn't say slow rolling it, but I wanted to find our format. I think we're starting to find it, and as we start to find it, I'm starting
1: to—I have no idea, not any idea. I saw one report one time. I have no idea how many people are listening you know recently last episode you know i i have no clue i have like a, a it doesn't matter. frame of reference like a tiny frame of reference
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter big dog how many yeah. people are listening that it yeah. what matters is that we are finding our format it's the reason yeah. that it's the reason that if a talk show host if if jimmy Kimmel, when he takes over the tonight show or the better example would be seth meyer's when he takes over the the late show you know, despite the fact that he's been the head writer at SNL, despite the fact that you know he's done Weekend Update for I think he was the longest reigning anchor, and then Colin Jost has since taken it over. Despite all that, he's not sh- he's not leaving SNL on a Saturday, and then going and recording the first Late Show on a Monday. He's doing four weeks of shows. He's doing his spring training, and yep. I sort of felt as though
1: this being the tenth episode. This is almost like the end of spring trading. Does that make sense? That that does make sense. Yeah, this new format mm-hmm. that we have, that with with the you know user questions and mm-hmm. you know spreading the word on projects, I think is a, is a ton of fun. I don't know a lot of podcasts doing it, and um, uh, I think that you know for me, I mean, as much as I like talking to you on a regular mm-hmm. basis, um, you know, and I do think that we could easily chat for an hour and make each other laugh as we did on or off camera for you know. 25 years now how, right? <laughs> how long of <laughs> uh, uh, actually 14 14 years now can you believe it it is 14 years
0: yeah they're about yep that yep. Yep. Uh, yep 14 years 14 years, 14 years uh, before we get you. to those yeah. before we get to those questions can I tell you three stories from the masters three go yeah
3: three
0: all right yeah so anecdotally it was the coldest day, one of the coldest days ever on record for the Masters tournament, ever. It was freezing cold. Wow! It was like it with the wind. It apparently felt like forty six or forty seven.
1: That's not too bad. I mean, that's cold for Georgia at that, that time of year, I guess. I it's, cold, how, it's cold. You've, cut, it's cold when you. It's cold when you've when you've picked out your outfit, expecting something a little bit
0: different. <laughs> um, but anyhow, the. We were connected with the Wheels Up Hospitality House, which is yeah, just yeah. Uh, on, on on Azalea Road. Our friends at Wheels Up. Now we know we know a bunch of people there that we really like and I know that you know we've used them and had discussions with them, et cetera, et cetera, from a business perspective. But I've got this great house, it's great hospitality tent house, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you go, and uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun, but the first story is that I was chatting with these, this group of, uh, this group of guys, and everyone's very, very friendly at the masters. It's a byproduct of no one having their phone and everyone being on their best behavior, because if you're not, you get kicked out and banned for life. But a very, very, very famous athlete walked in, very famous. I'm not going to say who. And except that he's Canadian and i felt compelled based on this individual's stature and these guys that i was talking to knew that i was canadian because that we had just been discussing the fact that i was from toronto i felt compelled having met this person once before in my life to go over and introduce myself now we're not in the middle of a walmart parking garage like we're at a pretty reputable place, and I'm dressed nicely. And I went over and I introduced myself and I said, Hello, my name is Stephen Amel. He looked over, little to no eye contact, and limp dick
1: handshake me. Oh, he gave you the limp wrist? Oh, I like that. Just the full limp wrist. I like that. And it was
0: so bad <laughs> that the guys actually saw it. I came back to the group and they go,
1: did that guy just limp dick handshake you and I went, you haven't yeah. you haven't told me this so is it a current athlete or or retired it's got to be retired right it's, he's retired he's yeah. retired yeah yeah i could probably yeah, guess hockey yeah, yeah. hockey
0: don't 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 do it <laughs> don't guess don't <laughs> guess don't guess <laughs> but it, i mean i'm not gonna say that it wrecked my childhood because this guy never played for one of my favorite teams and uh it was never on one of my favorite teams that like won really anything of significance that, that means something to me. Does but his name God. rhyme with,
1: with Schmetzky? Is, is it right? I'm with not going to
0: comment. I'm not going to comment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've actually not told me. I don't mean that that's who it was. I have no idea who you're talking about. I'll tell you out there. Yeah, I'll tell you out there. Okay. Okay.
0: Keep going with the wheels up 10. Okay. And we get there on the Sunday and I meet this guy and I tried to look up his name. I think it's BG. And if I'm getting that wrong, I, I really apologize. But I see him and he goes, hey, that's the Green Arrow over there. So I went over and talked with him. I said, hey, man, how you doing? I introduced myself. And again, I, this is Sunday. I was only there for a day. But the Friday night, the Saturday, the Sunday, the Masters is a bit of a whirlwind. It's like it's like it's like a it's like a music festival. a lot of a lot it, Anyhow, late nights, early mornings, a lot of walking. You get the picture.
1: Yep. And I said, How
0: you doing, man? He goes, I'm not good. I said, What did you get here? He goes, last Monday. And I said, Oh, that's uh that's a haul. Sunday morning. I am I'm sure that he would have been in great shape by Sunday afternoon. And I said, Well, what were you uh what were you here for? he went, I was I was caddy. And I said, You're a caddy? then what are you doing here? Did you gotta make your guy make not, not make the cut? And he goes, no, I was only a caddy on Thursday. And I went, are you Jack Nicholas's grandson? And he went, I am.
1: Wow. I am.
0: And I mean, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas. Those were my, those are my grandfather's guys. I think Arnie a little bit more than Jack, but just got to, just got to pepper him with questions about, you know, this experience because Jack Nicholas has 23 grandkids. And the reason that he didn't play the par three contest this year was because all 23 grandkids had been on his bag for the, for the par three contest. But this grandson caddied for him because he was like the year that I caddied, we got rained out. So I didn't get to do the traditional grandkid thing and hit the tee shot at number nine. So wow. he now gets to do
1: the ceremonial first shot on Thursday. That's ah, just, um, a, I mean, that's, that's, that's super cool, but only at the masters. So the masters versus the derby, right? Cause I've never been to the masters, but I've been to, to the derby six or seven times with you. And mm. I would, I would say that they're up there obviously with, um, you know, they're probably similar in many ways in terms of like, you probably slightly get dressed up a little bit, both, both are in the South. That has a ton yeah. to do with anything, but worth mentioning, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Both both are incredibly old events that are steeped in tradition. Yep. Um, the Derby you know,
0: significant. The Derby is significantly older than the Masters, believe it or is,
1: not. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know the comment when you said that um, that he'd been there since last Monday, and he said he was not good for being there too long. I know <laughs> what forty eight hours in 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 the loo does to you and louisville does to you i couldn't imagine being in an environment like that for over a week i'm sure he probably didn't do it like you and i used to do it in our 30s um yeah but um how is the masters in terms of the the like the day of i mean it's four days but like the saturday and sunday have probably got to be pretty epic uh but how does it compare to like a good solid weekend at the oaks and derby is it I'll similar you, in we, terms of like pace and duration and yeah, is it like it, up in the morning? Yeah,
0: It's up in the, it's up in the morning. It's up in the morning. And, um, you know, I, I was taking it pretty easy cause cause of work, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's up in the morning. And then, you know, people are stopping at the Bloody Mary bar at the wheels up yeah. before they're going and getting any food
2: wow. and
0: they still price their beers at like $2 and 50 cents. It is a, it is a, it is a wasted crowd, and yet, and this brings me to my third story. The decorum there—you cannot get out of line. You can't yell when you're not supposed to yell. The silence is deafening where we sat because our friends Jonathan and his son—well, Jonathan and his father John—they sat in front row behind 12T at Amen Corner, and it is—it's such a special, special thing, and I'm so thankful for them. But you know, when Tiger puts on 11. And then he walks to 12. you got a standing ovation. But then you are literally instructed by this guy that's standing in front of the entire gallery to sit down. And I'd say a good 30 to 45 seconds before Tiger strikes the ball. I'm talking when he is addressing the ball and talking about the wind with his caddy. This guy's standing up there in front of everybody, just holding his hand out. And it's so quiet that you can hear the drone buzzing 800 yards really? away. And how it many is, people?
1: How many people around right there? I mean, like 20,000. 20, I was going to say, it's 20, thousands in that gallery, right?
0: At, at one point in time, the entire gallery was utterly silent to the point where the silence actually becomes deafening. That is an Unbelievable. Saying, but, Unbelievable. And Charles Schwartzl, Charles Schwartzl, hold out on the 10th fairway, yep. which is 900 yards away. And you heard the roar like it was right next to you because wow. it was so quiet where we are. And yet you're not allowed to react at all. <laughs> and you don't have your phone, t- so
1: you can't see what happened either, right? No,
0: I heard the security, Jonathan sitting next to the security guy, and he just goes, Schwartzl, just hold out from the 10th fairway, and I heard it, like, oh, he did, it's great, it's great, it's great. It's awesome, awesome. Shut up, shut up. (laughs) But you get get conscious of your breathing, you're afraid to sneeze, and at one point, one dude amongst the 20,000 people that are aiming corner, a guy tees off, and all you hear is a, get in the hole! Now, it's a par three. That's a pretty reasonable expectation. It'd be great to see a hole in one there. And the security guy turns around and he goes in a very southern way, who in the heck? He immediately is able to identify this person, points to a sheriff. That guy was out of, he was off the grounds in four minutes, never to be seen again,
1: ever. And you hear that in every other golf tournament, every one on, like you tune in to to ABC, NBC, whatever it is on a Saturday, you hear, get in the hole (laughs) after every shot, right? Not at the the Masters. gap the gap between
0: any other golf tournament and the masters is 10 times the gap between a shitty preseason football game between the jaguars and the titans and the fucking super bowl the gap really? is significantly yeah. bigger it's just different and as 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 other golf tournaments conform And bring themselves into the 21st century, whatever you want to call it, in the same way that, you know, baseball is doing that whole thing, you know, let the kids play. So now you see bat flips and you see guys skipping around the bases and all the things. They're trying to build up the personalities of the players in the game. I totally get what they're doing. The Masters is going the other way. They are tightening their screws. They wanted to move back. 15 t by like 40 yards so they just casually spent 23 million dollars on a piece of real estate fuck that we want to move it back spend the money, it's
1: unbelievable.
0: unbelievable it's i i hope that you and i get to go one of these days um but yeah thanks again to john and jonathan uh they're just uh, i don't know i don't know what i did to meet them um but you know, I must have I must have done something good in a
1: previous life. That's something incredible, and one day we'll go. I think we know a yeah. couple people who have access to go, so it's definitely not not you or me directly. But you know, we got some buds. Not you or me directly, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like once
0: you go, I've got yeah. like a couple different ins now. Nice, I've got a couple different ends. Nice. But I. But that being said, too. The second year i'm going and there are i've got buddies that are losing patience they're like if you go to the fucking masters again and i don't get an invite in some way shape or form just we're done like, it's yeah. all over yeah <laughs> yeah you know weird guy top, top 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 uh, of top of the list there top of the list for me believe it or not one guy that i want to take more than anything is uh well no you know what i'll I'll tell you off air i don't want to i don't want to get his hopes up get his hopes up but
3: yeah Anyhow. <laughs> Okay. That's a good one.
0: <laughs> um, hey, let's bring in, let's bring in Zacco for our okay. questions. I believe that let's we do have it. four today.
4: What's up guys. Yeah, we got four today. Um, four, I think perfect, pretty good ones. Uh, different, all different. One thing I want to say, I'm not afraid to, you know, be the authority figure around here. There's a, there's a band list of questions. So anyone who's listening, we keep getting these questions a lot and I'm sure you get them every day. Would mm-hmm. you ever would you ever go back and do another season of Arrow? And yeah. if you could if you could be a Marvel superhero, which one would you be? Um, sure. those are never gonna make it on the show. So Okay. Um, They're banned. So let's start out with the first one. Okay. Yeah. The band the band <laughs> list.
1: Good. Yeah. I like that. You just let everybody know. Stop <laughs> trying. Stop asking. <laughs> It's not gonna work, Zacho, Zacho. he sort of made his point in a roundabout way on that one. Instead of saying "stop asking," he did, yeah, yeah, these are banned. These are we're gonna oh,
0: ban hey, these. by the way, just Drew. I'm gonna write yeah. this stuff down. But when we when we wrap today, just stay online because I've I've there's been three. I think we're up to like at least two things, possibly three, where I've said I will tell you offline. No, we're up to three. The athlete, okay. I told you about a job that I'm interested in, and. Um. Oh, what was the third one? The. the oh, the master's guest. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Oh yeah, things, just have, yeah. There. Okay, okay,
1: very good. So the master's guest is someone I know, obviously, right? Is it? Yeah. 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 Okay. I can guess maybe. Well, but two... we'll do it off the air. Okay.
0: <laughs> off the off the air off the air. What are we?
1: What are you fucking Dan Rather? No, we're off the air. What are we talking about? <clears throat> just... Just bleep it, Zacco. No fire away, Zacco, first question. Yep. Is, this, is this Donna? Yep. Nice.
2: Hi, it's Donna Gadu from Portland, Oregon. Donna! As you were celebrating your 10th year anniversary, I've got a two-parter. Can you reminisce on ideas, whether it's names for wines or artwork designs, that you submitted and they ended up being rejected? And then I'd like to know from both of you... A favorite memory from a past Knocking Point party. It's probably not a fair question, since if you asked me, I would have a hard time picking one. Okay, maybe playing Cards Against Humanity with Steven was pretty boss, and we can go ahead and rematch in May. But your parties, especially that very first one on Walla Walla, are the reason why I have so many close, amazing friendships. I'm looking forward to May and getting back to Walla Walla and seeing all my friends in person. And I'm really looking forward to getting massive hugs from the both of you. See you soon, dudes.
1: Donna. Oh, I love Donna. Speaking of Walla Walla, it's snowing in Walla Walla. Side note, it has been snowing I two heard days. That. It. No, two days I straight. Sarah that. just sent me a photo. There's a big Ukraine fundraiser in our tasting room tonight, yep. and it's snowing in Walla Walla. So. Hey, also, do you want to go first? Hey, Drew,
0: we didn't yeah. get to that. Let me just write this down. But before we go, we do have some NP business and we'll end up putting it yeah, at the pot. the pod. Okay. okay cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, my, the two memories, um, in terms of label submissions, I immediately go to, to Vertigo, which ironically NP wines, which we just put out is awfully close to that label, but I believe it was a Pinot Noir back in the day. We wanted to call it Vertigo. It was during season two or three of Arrow. It was right in the cultural zeitgeist. It was a great label. It was a, It's an evergreen idea. And correct me if I'm wrong, but some Italian wine company that has probably made a hundred bottles of it ever to give to family cock blocked us.
1: They sent us to cease and desist. Yeah, and it's arguable. I mean, I, I'm not a, a, a trademark lawyer. And I had zero experience with it then, although we do own a bunch of trademarks just because we should. Um, but it was arguable as to whether or not that person even had the right to try to enforce that, being that they're from Italy. But anyway, we stopped. But, but the one that stands out to me the biggest for being rejected purely was when you wanted to say that one of our wines gives you abs. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The back label said, this wine gives you abs. And the federal yeah. government, the T T B, flat <laughs> out said, do not, cannot stop. You will not put this on a wine bottle. You cannot make health claims. But, okay, well, fair enough. Lesson learned. No more health claims. Um, I'd also like to, that let, one got like, rejected. to let,
0: like to let everyone know that after a like a like a four or five year absence, my abs are back. They're they're they are back.
1: They're that's good. It's very man. exciting.
0: Yeah.
4: It's good. Uh,
0: favorite moment from a knocking point party. Well, it was at very much at the end of the party. Uh, but we had a, we had a group of people there and I think two or three days before it aired, I showed them the season seven finale of arrow and swore them to secrecy. And not a single person said a goddamn word.
1: Yeah. I remember that, that was really fun. Great. We
0: watched it in the tasting room.
1: Yeah. Well, all parties have, have a lot of moments because they, tend to go on for multiple days. But my favorite moment, I think ever at any party would probably be the marriage, the wedding ceremony in Austin,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that was uh, where we brought two yeah. beautiful people together in, in union, the holy matrimony yeah. in real time. I right?
0: also really enjoyed, <laughs> there was one year where where you took our warehouse, which was a fun thing. And I, it's very, very rare that I've ever been surprised in my life. But you, we changed it into the tasting room, our our, our OG tasting room. And yep. you surprised me with it.
1: That I was did. really cool. That I was did. Neat. I'm going to be at the new tasting room on Wednesday. I have to go up for this little thing with uh, Shopify. Um, so I'll be there for 48 hours to see it for the first time. And then we're back um in mid-may i was at dodger stadium side note i forget to tell you i was at dodger stadium at that same game opener and i don't know why i don't remember it doesn't matter It was wednesday or thursday night whichever one it was and i was walking back from the little kind of like a the food area suite Mm -hmm. right we have we have a friend with some awesome tickets down low and i was walking back and i i hung a left and i hear someone screaming my name right and so i turn and look and um, it was a woman, and I recognized her. And she goes, "I can't wait! I'll see you in Walla Walla in three weeks." And she came out and gave me a hug. You right. me that it was just like that's no, great. great. Like out of sixty eight thousand people at Dodger Stadium, <laughs> one person I walked by was like, "We'll be in Walla Walla." So anyway, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, Zacco got another one.
4: Yep, coming right up.
5: This is Emma Robinson from Kaiser, West Virginia. And my question is, are zebras black with white stripes or are they white with black stripes? Please help.
1: Emma from West Virginia. I think we can ship wine to West Virginia now, by the way. That was one of those no-fly zone states for a long time, but I think we're there. That's I'm, good. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're there. Um, you go I man. know my answer. Yeah, yeah, well,
0: they're they're they are. Oh shit! No, they're white with black stripes, because the the stripes are the the stripes are the accent. Um, you know, if if you have a if you have a car, and that car is gray, and it has a red racing stripe, like that's what you see. Now I know that, I, the white's the canvas, the black's the stripe. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it.
1: I would agree with that, and I was going to use the canvas analogy. literally ripped it off. But like, if, if you were to draw one, how would you do it, right? There you go. That's yeah. the answer. Black yeah. stripes. Yeah. There it is. Easy. Final answer.
0: Yeah, I think we ah, – I'm glad we solved that one. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Hey, using – yeah, using picked cherries, okay, take that 60-second thing because Drew and I just stopped anyone from asking that question again ever. <laughs>
1: And Taryn just texted, said LOL, we're wrong. I don't know where she's getting her
4: information from. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, she sent she sent an actual screen grab and and Google says zebras are black with white stripes. And at first glance it may appear the opposite is true, but you're wrong. Oh.
1: Well, yeah. I'm but, never gonna look you know, at that picture. Tomato tomato, right? Isn't that kind of how it is? Right. I don't know. Whatever. Fire away, Zach,
4: go. All right.
3: Hi there. My name is Sonny Lemons, and I am from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And the nonprofit that I would love to pitch to you guys for you to show a little love to is called the Cancer Card Exchange. Uh, that's C A N C E R letter X. This is started by a friend of mine named Emily Tickle-Thomas. She is a cancer survivor, mother of four. Basically, what it boils down to is she runs a nonprofit out of Memphis, Tennessee, where people will send her gift cards and or send donations to her, and she arranges with the MD Anderson Foundation as well as other locations to ensure that individuals that are receiving treatment at sites that are away from where their home is can actually afford to get meals, stay in hotel rooms, get groceries or whatever is needed from these gift cards. She started this uh, approximately 10 years ago when she was undergoing chemotherapy herself and friends would give her gift cards to help to pay for the things that she and her husband needed as they were traveling from Tennessee to Texas for her to undergo treatment. So I would love to see some love shown To the Cancer Card Exchange. Again, that's C A N C E R Card, letter X, C H A N G E dot org. It's about time that the Cancer Card was played properly and positively for once.
1: That's really great. I'm checking it out right now. First of all, as you check it out, great
0: names. Really great, really great names. I thought we were in for a prank call when that started. You know what? That's such. That is such a wonderful idea. I know that a lot of people, um, you know, set up similar things. Where, <clears throat> for example, if if you have a friend that's going through any type of illness, or we we see this often when we have friends that that have kids, and people will sign up to have meal delivery and, and stuff like that done. But when someone's yeah. going through a long term illness, and I know Memphis, Tennessee, and obviously that's close to St. St. Jude.
2: Um,
0: all of that stuff helps and i'm just thinking right now of all of the stupid gift cards that i have laying around my house right now that i not i'm not i'm not a wasteful person but i feel like they go to the
1: waste yeah. all the you could just send them all in right you could ship them all in 100% and by the way this is something you know this is ironic because you Personally, helped out a family I remember from Walla Walla years ago. When you talk about having to move for treatment, yeah. right? We don't have to name names yeah. or get spe- or get specific, yeah. but there was a, there was a family in need that moved to, I believe it was Arizona, and you personally helped them with that move to offset some of their costs because, uh-huh. you know, to get the best uh, treatment, it doesn't always happen in your backyard, and so you hit the road. No. And um, you know, companies like this, this is really cool, man. So yeah, I'm trying that, to just. Yeah, just to just to put a little bit more context on this, I'm trying to figure out, Zacco, have you done any research on this? Because I'm like, is it just donations sent to this company, or can you literally send in a bunch of gift cards so that they can distribute?
4: Yeah, um, I'm. You can you can donate on the website and uh, and, yeah, okay. and they're purchasing um, them. But I I'm sure that you know if you reached out, they'd be happy to accept uh, gift card donations as well
0: yeah I, it sounds to me like you would just create a marketplace of gift cards that you would collect and then you would deploy the you would and by the way one of the reasons that this is very selfless is that you're not it's not like you're going to be taking a percentage of this because it's a gift card but you're collecting it on the way in and then you're deploying it on the way out so they're ostensibly a middleman just doing well it's a non-profit just doing a wonderful thing it's a really 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 great idea um Cause it's kind of like well, there's meal delivery service, but I know that I've got two, like twenty five dollar Vans gift cards, that off the top of my head, just sitting in my house right now.
1: Well, you know where to send them. Would, now I do. <laughs> yeah.
0: now I do. This is great. This is great. Well, congratulations. I'm gonna. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm gonna forget the friend's name that started Sunny, it, but she also Sunny. Oh, yeah. But she. well yeah. Wow! Sunny called great. in.
4: Yeah, st- started by um, Emily.
0: Yes. Started
4: by yeah.
1: Emily. Yeah. There uh, we go. Wonderful. Cool, man. Good
0: for them. Well, let's 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 give that some love. Give that some shine. Um, let's make sure that I get their Instagram pages and information so that when I send some stuff, I can uh, point people in that direction. That's a wonderful idea.
1: Awesome.
4: For sure, we'll drop it in the uh, in the info below this episode as well. Um, yeah. So one more for you for this week, please.
5: Hello, my name's Sarah. I am a professional archaeologist uh, from South Fulton County, actually where you have been filming Heels. And archaeology is my greatest love. I have dedicated my life to it. I believe in it so much. And one of my main goals in my career is to raise awareness about how archaeology is ubiquitous and everywhere. And so it might be cool for you guys to actually talk about the archaeology of wine. There's like... Just thousands and thousands and thousands of years of really awesome history about how people have been brewing and fermenting anything from wine to moonshine, um, beer, mead, and its cultural impacts, how it impacts local economies, how it's created subcultures, and everything like that. Um, And naturally, if you needed any help with research, I would be more than willing to help. (laughs) But... um, Mostly, you know, we try to make people interested in archaeology and then find a way to fit in information about collection laws and context and keeping things in place and archaeological site conservation. Um, And I just think it would be really cool. You know, every single subject in the entire world can be related to archaeology and history in some manner. And so I think, you know, the history of brewing and fermentation is a really cool way to do that.
1: I agree. Stephen, why don't you just give a little five-minute lecture on the history of winemaking and mead and archaeology? Go ahead, go.
0: A series of excavations (laughs) in Georgia has uncovered evidence of the world's earliest winemaking in the form of telltale traces within clay pottery dating back to 6,000 BC in Georgia, suggesting that the practice of making grape wine began hundreds of years earlier than previously believed. But I mean... That might not be like the state of Georgia. That's
1: probably not the state of Georgia. No, Maybe not even slightly the know. state of Georgia no, back then. No, it's not no, the state of that, Georgia. It no. had, a, had, a, had a wildly different name back then. You know, one thing that I do know about the history of wine, though, is that I think that we all know that it's been around for millennia. Um, but um, it had all, all kinds of uses, right? And mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that they used it for was cutting – Drinking water, because you know, drinking water didn't always come from the, from the cleanest of places, um, uh-huh. and so they would they would they would drop some wine in it because of the alcohol and cut the water with the hopes to kill some of the bacteria in it. So, um, you know, this is this is you know one of the applications for wine from a long, long, long time ago that I found super interesting. It, it wasn't always uh-huh. to you know accompany your 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 seafood dinner or your steak, right? It had an actual utility way back when. So. Um, Anyhow, I can I, I can tell you
4: that still works, cutting drinking water with it.
1: <laughs> All day long. It's called yeah. a it's called a spritzer. It's called a spritzer, right, Zekka? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Diet red. <laughs>
1: Zekko
0: forgive good. me. What was what was the name of that caller again?
4: Sarah. Sarah. Sarah
0: I, I think that uh, you can tell in Sarah's voice. I, I know how I feel about acting. But man, I wish that I was as passionate about something, other than my family and my my you know, my kiddos and being a dad as she is about archaeology. Isn't it cool when you meet people and it becomes very, very clear immediately, like you can just hear it in Sarah's voice, that they absolutely positively
1: love what they do. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, and she's motivated by the by the by the craft and the science and even even you know hearing her say about the logging of what they're finding right just the detail like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that mm-hmm. makes me go crazy um you know yeah. so to find that that's her passion is pretty incredible i think what we should do
0: if we did any research and maybe we should just maybe we should have sarah pipe in some ideas but it would be interesting to find just what what would seem like a very you know, random word for a wine, but it would be part of the process of making wine, you know, millennia ago.
1: And so it would make sense. It would make sense to people who know. If Sarah loves it so much and she's offered to help, why don't we, why don't we ask her to come back to us with 10 things that we didn't know about the ancient history of wine um and we'd be happy to do a follow-up five I, things I did, five well things. well if she gives us 10 we can pick five that's where i'm going there you for, go right oh, okay right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's sort of like we get a lot of questions and then we pick a couple for the episodes but i think that if she gave us 10 things echo is there a way to ping her and ask her and see what she comes back with because I, I think for you and i to see them in real time would be pretty fascinating too
4: yeah we'll connect with her okay all
1: right that's great
0: speaking
4: Appreciate of Speaking
0: of wine, let's give a little update on the NP stuff that is going on, knocking point stuff that is going on, and then we'll wrap it up.
1: Yeah. First things first, I think kind of the most important is that our, our original quarterly wine club has got, I think Zach told me this morning, like 13 or 19 spots available, less than 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once it's full, it's full. Um, and so, you know, you're only waiting for people to essentially leave at that point in time. And if nobody leaves, ever then it's full forever right you know that's kind of how it goes but um uh so the monthly club does, does still have room so if you're listening to this in you know in the next 24 to 48 hours the quarterly wine club's probably full um Zacco there's a waitlist feature on their right that if somebody wants to join the waitlist they can pop in their email address or if there's not yet there will be soon is that Yeah it'll it,
4: be uh, up there or? fairly soon um right, cool. i the way it's looking right now it's actually uh, sold out so it should be. Oh, it is. Yep.
1: Oh, well, Good. I was
4: wrong. Well, it's one
0: of the things I did a video for the, for the monthly club and one of the things that I think is really great about it now is that obviously we came out with our, with our NP, with our NP wines, the Syrah, the, the red and the Rhone, the white. And um, I like that you can, you now have the option of if you want to pick two whites, great. If you want two reds, great. If you want
1: one of each, great. But, The curation is, curation is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, something else that we're working on now and have just launched and, you know, Eve actually asked me for a video um, to describe it. So I figured this is probably the best way to do that. She can, she can chop this one up, right? Zach Go is, is our uh, friends with benefits program, right? So we Uh launched the friends with benefits program about a week ago. What it is really is, um, you know, this is an idea that hit us as a group in the past few months because um as lonnie said it best we we tend to get free shit from people right like and not just because right but like people like to share stuff with us we're very lucky and grateful but you know we end up with a lot of cool hoodies and you know swag and you know i had you know last year when like poppy launched i didn't know what poppy was and a case showed up on my front porch i'm like this shit is great now i buy poppy right but it's like all these cool things and cool brands come our way um, and, um, rather than just us accepting, you know, this stuff and enjoying it, we figured that we'd spread the love both to them and to our members. And so, uh, all of our members have access inside their login, uh, you know, so this isn't available to everybody, but when you log into your member profile, there are a variety of different opportunities to tap into, whether it's like 25% off every order for, uh, for, uh, knocking point members all the way down to like, you know, free stuff. Like Eve took, I think it was a dozen members on a fucking yacht in Miami last week. Did you see this? (laughs) I did. Did you see this? (laughs) I did. Yeah. yeah, You and I weren't on it, but like free yacht rides, uh, you know, discounts on apparel discounts on all kinds of really cool stuff. And all you have to do is be a member and go log in and, and, and look, and you know, these, these companies that we're working with are, you know, companies that we have curated that we like, and we have worked with and full disclosure this has got nothing to do with us. This isn't like a stupid affiliate program where we're like, you know, trying to get, you know, points on something. This is just us spreading the love period. Right. And if, um, you know, so if, if you you have a brand or a company and you know, you would, you would like to offer up, um, the best deal that you can possibly offer to, you know, knocking point members, then, you know, we'll, we will take a look and evaluate. And if it's a good fit, we'll offer it up to our members. Cause you know, you know, our, our, you know, members deserve the best. And, um, so there you go. I, I think there's six items in there, or six different companies right now. We're going to add them constantly. There's all kinds of stuff coming from like car care stuff to fitness to health to apparel. There's there hats. There's a there's an awesome hat company in there. So anyway, it's pretty cool. It's sort of That's like uh, it's sort of like your you know loyalty you know program for like your uh, credit card, but like we're not giving sure. away discounted gas and stupid shit. We're giving away cool stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs> Although discounted okay. kind of gas All is right. pretty cool right now, by the way, with it being you it know, is. $10 a gallon or whatever it is. I it need to get a Tesla anyway. Yeah. All right, Okay. Well, we just
0: hit the hour mark. So stay on so that I can tell you these stories yeah. off the air. But this has been episode 10. Thank you to everyone who sent in a question. I know that we have some bank for the next pod. Uh, thanks to Drew and Zacho and Taryn and to everyone who's listening, our friends at Studio 71. And even though Drew doesn't know the ex- uh, explicit numbers, Trust me when I tell you it is growing and we appreciate you guys. But if you can, subscribe, recommend it to your friends. Go check us out on Pick the Cherries. Do all that stuff. We appreciate you, big dog. I'll see you next
1: time. Cheers, guys. Adios.